Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It's the show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. And joining me in studio, as always, DW. How you doing, man? Good. Good to be with you, man. I can't contain my excitement. Todd is back with us on the show. Dude, it's so good to have you, man. Yeah, it's great to be back. It's been a while. I missed your voice. (laughs) I've missed yours. (laughs) And your face, but of course your voice. So uh, anyway. I have a great radio face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It used to be that Todd was here with Kyle, but Kyle's a Bear fan, so we decided possibly no more. Well, in the time since you guys have both been on the show, you've both gotten married, and mm-hmm. so life is much different. What is life like for you now? It's uh, it's busy. I'm learning how to, you know, set up boundaries and be better at communicating, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about some today. But my wife is um, awesome. She's very patient with me, and we're able to talk through things, and that's just such a blessing to be able to have conversations, and that's what this program's all about, so... It's uh, been a huge growing time and just really just a blessing. Awesome. Yeah, you know, there's changes in life that, that take place that are very interesting. Um, you were never married before you were married, right? That is so true yeah, and so, deep. <laughs> so there, there is no way that you can know what to expect. I mean, right. you, there's no that way is... that you know how to prepare. No matter what anybody else says, the, the relationships are always unique. For and sure. so every step of your journey is new. That is completely accurate <laughs> yeah you know what that's not bad that 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 yeah. alone understanding that is very helpful because then yeah. you, you can allow yourself time margin etc to go through the, the various courses of life and realize by the way th- this new thing about getting married and having one day if you ever have children that'll be new too you know yeah. you have new careers th- those will be new yeah i've and, never and, had mm-hmm. kids before you yeah know? <laughs> and yeah and <laughs> career changes those are new and then mm-hmm. uh, one day let's say you want to buy a house that'll be new and then one yeah. day you want to buy a new car you know that'll be n- before you know it you're looking at your life going oh my goodness all these things i've never done before i am now doing now at my age i've done all those things but I've never gotten older. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It's it's like when my kids left the house, I never had kids leave the house before. And so it, this idea of being constantly in a new season is not something that you can fight. And uh, it can bring stress to people. And they can try and learn from everybody else. And that's not a bad idea to talk to people who have gone before you. But realize that every situation is still unique. And the, I have found that really the only way to go through those things is really talk to God who really knows what you need to do. In each of those situations, our listening friends who don't know God, I, I feel so sorry for them because I, I don't know how to give them hope because they're going to be in all these situations and they need God to be able to go through it and be successful at it. Tonight, our conversation is going to revolve around margin. And I know sometimes you hear margin and you think, well, that's something you put on bread, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that 
Margarine? Yeah. Oh, it's margarine. My bad. Uh, but <laughs> I spell bad. <laughs> Same difference. I put margin on my bread. <laughs> <laughs> Half the people are grossed out listening to that right yeah, now. But uh, anyway, have you guys heard the rumor about margarine? No. Never mind. I don't want to spread it. <laughs> I see what you yeah. did. There. there you go. There you go. Yeah. There's your joke for the week, you guys. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they compare it to butter. Yeah. Feel free to use that. Use it sparingly. That's what I would say. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, this week and kind of in the next couple of weeks, and we're doing this show tonight not because you're going back to school. Some of you might not even be going back to school right now. You might be in the midst of your career. And so summer break really means absolutely nothing to you. And this week could be still one of the craziest weeks you've had in a long time, a chaotic week. And so maybe you're entering one of the busiest weeks of your life. You may or may not be hitting those books, but either way, the thought of tomorrow could either be energizing or it can be absolutely terrifying depending on what you're anticipating and what's going on in your world. So today we want to talk about navigating the chaos and to cut away the fat so you could actually have joy from within the chaos because I think the first thing to go out the window Whenever things are chaotic and crazy, you lose your joy. That just goes right out the window. It's like you're all of a sudden in survival mode. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, you have a default you go to when things are just – the pressure has gotten so much. And, and, and often the default shows you what you're really about, which is really scary. Um, you know, some mm-hmm. people lose their temper. Some people get angry. Some people – whatever it might be. But the default you go to normally shows you what you're really about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the little tests in life. It doesn't mean you're a bum. We're all bums. We're all sinners. We're all depraved. So that that's like kind of off the table kind of thing. We all know that. And uh, living in the in the realm of reality is very important. And uh, in, in reality, I'm going to fail. But I love the idea of when I am under stress, how I respond really tells me what I think about God, what I think about others. And, uh, and so it's a good indicator there. And the fall is a very busy time for everybody. Everything seems to be kicking back into gear. Mm-hmm. Um, summer can be laid back a little bit, and then the fall, all of a sudden, man, everything kicks in. So it is a very high-stress time. Yeah, it is. And so we want to help you to navigate that stress tonight. Join us on the tweet back. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTV. And you can also send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com because I think this is a big conversation uh, in life. We don't always think about margin. And I say that because it's one of those things that can be hard to it can be hard to measure in life. How do you measure margin? Because on the one hand, uh, what I think margin is is it you know it's the tasks you have versus the time that is available. So if you think about that, if you think about what you have to do this week, it might seem like you have a laundry list of things to do, and you just only have you know the twenty four hours a day to deal with it, and hopefully you only have to use eighteen to twenty of those hours. Maybe you're looking at so. At the same time, and I'm not saying four hours of sleep is great, but you might be in a chaotic week when that's really the reality that you're in. So I think it's important to look at it from you know that perspective margin, you know, making sure that your outline isn't overbooking, you know, the rest of your life. That can be a hard thing to measure because on the one hand, you feel like the time available, sometimes if you create too much margin, then you're unproductive. Well, maybe not unproductive, but you're, you might be looked at as lazy or just not doing things to the fullest potential. But then on the other hand, you don't want to be pushing yourself right up to your limit, you know, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because that's not good either. Yeah. Let me set this up a little bit. If you have a hundred percent of something, that's all of it. All right. I used to play sports and the the coach could come out and say, I want you to give 110% here. And you, and you go, rah, rah, rah. The, the truth <laughs> of the matter is you don't have 110% to give. 
I mean, there's no possible. You know what he's saying? I want you to give more. You know, you, you can't give more than you have. If I have ten dollars, I can't give you eleven. I can only give you ten, right? Because I don't have eleven, yeah. so I can't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what we have to understand is, we only have so much time. We have a hundred percent time. We have a hundred percent emotional energy. We have a hundred percent financial. I mean, whatever we have in the bank. We, See, there's only 100% of those things. But what about credit cards? There's only 100% on that, too, because you have a certain <laughs> amount that you can spend on it. Now, now here, here's the deal, though. If you max out life, if you max out your finances, your time, your emotional energy, you are not in a position now to handle one more thing. You cannot take care of the unexpected. So what we know about Satan is when he sees somebody, because he, he is devious, and when he sees somebody that is at their max in all those areas, he throws one more thing at them because there's no way to handle one more thing. And believe it or not, sometimes some of the great crises in life take place over the smallest things. Mm-hmm. And people are going, it was over that? You know, whether it be somebody thinking suicidal thoughts or whatever else, sometimes you look and go, over that? No, what we don't understand is there was no margin. That was the final straw. That wasn't the issue. Hmm. And so what we want to talk about today really is how do we get to where the final straw does not break us? I mean, that's what we got to talk about because it, it's a real fact and it's a real problem. All right. And anytime tonight, if you need to chat with somebody, if you got stuff going on, that's just you need to filter through it with someone. There is a live coach right now standing by at HopeNet360.com. You could chat anytime you need to. They're there around the clock to encourage you, listen to you, to maybe share an experience that they had in their life and maybe relating to margin and how they had to make some tough decisions. We're going to talk about this on the show tonight. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, you can check out tonight's show notes for this episode. And we hope you do. We'll post some links. We'll post some videos. We'll post some tweets and things that either you sent or that we said. And it'll help you to connect with the show on a deeper level. This episode is also going to be available at hopenet360.com. So tonight, Jeff, Dave with you tonight. Todd is also back in studio. I'm excited to have you back, Todd. I know you've been learning a lot just in young adulthood. I mean, things are different than they were the last time you were on the show, and it's just, it's so good to have you back. Yeah, it's great to be back. I really enjoy it. So this conversation, managing the chaos, and we talked about margin, not margarine. I know you're kind of thinking that's really gross, margin. Why would you put that on your bread? But uh, we're talking about margin in life, how to create that, how to not let the amount of tasks or maybe the job or just the things that are stressing you out really take over your life and create more chaos when it shouldn't even be there in the first place. And so one of the keys, I think, besides margin, that's a, it's a big part of it. We're going to talk more about that as we go on the show tonight. One of the things that will help you to manage the chaos is to be mentally prepared. And I look at my list, sometimes my laundry list of tasks that have to be done both at home and in workplace doing this show or the other things that I do around the radio station. Sometimes I really struggle to actually mentally prepare for them. Sometimes I look at that list, Dave, and I think, 
man, that's just a lot of stuff to do. So I start at the first one and the first one takes me like three hours to do. Like I start on it and then I'm looking at my list and I start picking out other tasks, other things to do. And next thing you know, I just, I feel overwhelmed. I feel unproductive. Things are not getting done. How do I mentally prepare for the chaos? I think first of all, you have to look at what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, there's certain things you can do. You can also give things more credit than they should have. Everybody's got a different personality. Some people are perfectionists, which means if they cut the lawn, it's a five-hour process hmm. because because they need to cut the lawn and, and it has to be perfect. I think you have to assign in life the importance of certain things. Like how important is the lawn? I mean, how important is that in comparison to um, going out and, and wrestling with your children on the lawn? You know what I mean? How important is cutting it and maintaining the house? I've had to deal with this all of my life. I remember when I was younger, I just was so frustrated. I felt like I was 10 miles wide and an inch deep. Like I was involved in so many things, but I couldn't take any weight of burdens or anything else. And what I was describing to myself was a guy that had no margin in his life. And I realized that, you know, if everything I did had to be done to such a great level, then... I'm a servant. I'm a slave to all those things. So now my lawn, actually I have somebody else come over and cut it now because they like cutting lawn, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> but my lawn, I determined, you know what, an hour a week, man, that's it. I have a pretty good-sized lawn, different things like that. So an hour a week, that's it. That's all I'm going to put into it. And whatever I can make it look like in an hour, that's it. And I have to live with that, you know, because that's all I've assigned to it. Uh, if I'm going to clean my car, wax my car, whatever, I'm, I'm going to assign a time to it. You know, I'm not just going to say I'm going to do it till it's perfect. When is the last time, if any of you are, are somewhat anal or whatever, I mean, you go out there, how can you do anything perfect? I mean, it, it would take you like forever to do anything. So you have to assign things what kind of time you think that they should take from you. Now, in order to do that, you have to have an idea of what's important. So what is important, I guess, in life? Well, for me, God says two things, you know, to love him and to love each other. So my whole day, my, when I get up in the morning, I make sure I get up early enough so I can spend time with God. It's not hurried. It's not, you know, I can spend time with him and enjoy him. And I also want to spend time with my wife every day. And when I had kids, I wanted to spend time with them every day. So I make sure those three things are done every day. And if I didn't get to the lawn that day, okay, I didn't get to it. The grass is going to be longer than it should or collecting wood for winter or whatever it might be. So, so I think for me, it's beginning to understand what my responsibilities are and assigning really some values to some of those things. Some people um, don't have time because, frankly, they, they've they given value to things that shouldn't take time. If you're going to watch television for four hours a day, you're probably going to miss out on some relational things. Hmm. You've, you've given too much value to something that's extremely unimportant, if that makes sense. And, and you could fill in the blank there anywhere. If you're going to play video games for, you know, however long, or if you're going to... If you're going to sit on the porch and sip tea for four hours a day, mm -hmm. it could be anything that basically begins to rob you from what's very important. And so things need to have some kind of value attached to them. And if you don't attach value to it, and we don't want to do that, it seems like it's too complicated. Eh, it's really not that complicated. You know, how important is cutting the grass or watching television? Assign a value to it. When I was young, my dad forced that on me. We could watch three one-half-hour programs a day when I was growing up if we wanted to, and it had to be approved. But back then, it was half-hour programs. There were no hour programs. You know, so I could watch Gilgan's Island and, you know, Father Knows Best or something. I, <laughs> that's what I could do if I wanted to. Or if I was watching a Cub game, which was always with a box of Kleenex. But if, if you were going to watch... 
it, it, you could watch a sports event. I mean, he would let us do that. But the bottom line really was my dad pretty much looked at us and said, you know what? I know the world is just watching TV like crazy, but why don't you go out and play? Why don't you go out and you know move your body and enjoy you know being outside? And that was good because what he did is help me subconsciously set an, uh, a, an assignment to that. And even now I look back and I think that was too much, you know, time. But but it was still, here's here's all that's going to be worth to you. Now, I, I also want you to go outside and play as much as you watch television. All right, what we, what he was doing was assigning values to things. And I appreciate that, and I've grown up doing that. Todd, I know you've had some experience in chaotic weeks or maybe even seasons in life. What is Where's one place you start mentally when you're trying to manage the chaos and manage all the craziness going on in life? Well, I I think something that's extremely important that needs to be in place is just time in the Word, um, because I know that I can get very burnt out. And I mean, there was a season in my life where I was, you know, getting up at four every morning, maybe a little before four, so that I could get to work by five, and that was before before I was married. And so, when my wife, um, before we were married was doing school and all that during the day, uh, online classes, and she was working. But she worked later than I did, so the only time really we had to spend together was in the evenings. <laughs> By then, I was completely spent. But, you know, realizing that there are some things that are more important than sleep, and even some things I realized, good things can become too important when trying to do things that matter. Like my relationship with her mattered. And so I realized sometimes I wasn't going to get as much sleep as I needed to because, you know, maybe I needed to spend that time with her and spend that time in the word in the evenings and then get up again at four. And I just realized that, you know, there are things that need to be a priority. And so that's, I would say the biggest thing that I learned is that even good things, can hold us back from what it is we need to be doing. Mm. And for me, it was it was sleep. I realized that um, sleep had become kind of actually an idol. Like, I made that too important. So I, it's just weighing it out in my mind. What, you know, what is important to I, me? I'd be interested to see, though, like some things control other things. For example, if you did not get enough sleep, mm-hmm. it could start controlling you down the road. Right. So, I mean, that's a valid discussion. How? Yeah, I mean, you, you could say... All right, I I would give up sleep for this, or I would give up you know something else for this. But but there's always a, a ramification to that somehow, mm-hmm. and and there has to be a balance somewhere where you have to talk about. It. I would bet that you and your wife would have to talk about okay, how much sleep do we actually need, and and yeah. and then try and make sure you get that yeah. in order to function so that you're not because when you're tired you can make poor decisions yeah so so part of thinking is people need to figure out how much sleep they need and start getting that much because it will affect their emotional stability down the road. Yeah, and I don't mean to say, like, that was something I said, ah, I'll never sleep again. You know, I don't have to. <laughs> no, and I didn't but, get that, but it's one of those yeah. things that just triggered in my old man head. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. man, you got to be careful because you, you could do things that affect the way you think. Yeah. And and now you're going to be in a harder spot down the road, and, and figuring this out would be a good thing. Yeah. All right, let us know what your thoughts are. How do you mentally prepare for the chaos? Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. 
Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. There's a lot of good stuff we're talking about tonight, and especially this week. If your week is looking like it's going to be a chaotic week, maybe you got a lot of tasks to accomplish, and you're just thinking... Man, I just barely have an hour to listen to this show, and maybe you don't even have an hour to listen to the show tonight. Go back and listen to the podcast, share it with your friends. It's a great conversation, and we want to help you to navigate the chaos because in life, it doesn't get any less stressful. I found guys turning 30 this year, I'm thinking, man, I had less time now. I have less time now than I had when I was 20. And when I was 20, I thought, my life is just crazy. I'm doing so many different things here, things are always busy. You know, it was just a different season of my life and now I'm in another season and it just, it hasn't been that paradise that I thought you get to when you turn 30. And so Dave, I'm kind of waiting until I get to be your age when I'm going to finally hit paradise. Yeah, you're not going to, you know, I I keep (laughs) warning people, you know, we keep thinking that the next season in life will offer us something easier and it doesn't. And so we're disappointed. It really, uh, I've told college kids this over and over again. They look at me like I'm nuts, but I say, you know, right now you're in the least complicated time of your life. And they look at me, oh, no, I keep thinking when I get out of college, I don't have to force to be read books. I'm not forced. (laughs) No, you're forced to get up at 5 in the morning. You're forced to go to work. You're forced to pay bills. You're forced. A whole different force comes on you. So it's not that life gets easier. It, It never gets easier. It gets more complicated. And then when you get older, you say, well, the kids will leave the house. Things will be simpler. Really, they're not. Now you've got kids living all over the country. Let's say they get married. They have kids. Now you've got family all over the country. Now you're trying to fit everything in. When you got married, Todd, you entered into another family. Did that make life simpler or, or more complex? It made it way more complex. It's all good things to work it is through. Good. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we have to talk about, okay, you know, we live closer to her parents. Right. What holidays are we going to spend with my right. parents and, you know, and we, what with them? And when are we going to, like, the cabin or something? It's, yeah, did you have to deal with that when you were 11 years old? No. No. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it's one of those things. As you get older, you realize that if you're waiting for a time where things get simple and easy, it's not going to happen. You need to manage things now. And you need to give yourself margin now and understand the stuff we're talking about now and the circumstance you're in. And it will apply well the rest of life then mm-hmm. because of all the different changes that will take place. Yeah, now there's taxes and insurance. and right. <laughs> I never had to think about that when I was 11. Well, all, yeah. all of the stuff that comes with that your parents did for years, mm-hmm. you know, when you were 11. I mean, yep. you're not thinking about anything <laughs> except for going out and playing. Right. And, and you're thinking, oh, to be an adult one day and be free. <laughs> right? And, and, and so you yeah. get to be an adult and be free. You go, wait a minute. What, what kind of freedom would, is this? If only I was 11 again. Yeah, man. I want to go back to going outside and throwing dirt at frogs, man. I, that, that's what I want to do. Those yeah. are the best days, yeah. throwing dirt at frogs. Yeah, and you're thinking, man, one day I'm going to be an adult on my own. And, and every adult's looking at you going, don't rush it. Don't yeah. rush it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not because adulthood is, is bad. I have mm-hmm. loved my life. Yeah. And I would do it all over. I would, I would do the same thing I've done. I mean, I love what God's given me to do. But it has not gotten easier as I get older. Part of enjoying this life is having a realistic expectation of what's coming. Otherwise, you are, are, are discouraged very easily because you think, oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. You know, I remember thinking in college, well, man, I can't wait to get out of college because I got to do all this reading, all this stuff. I, man, I went into a profession, if you want to call it, where I read like nonstop. Yeah. It, it, I, I read more now than I ever did in college. And I study more. And I, you know, it's <laughs> like... Oh, my goodness. I thought I could get out of college and akuna matata it, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, instead it got more complex. So 
I think that the principles of margin or margarine, whatever we're talking about, <laughs> I, I think those principles are things that that really you need to capture at whatever age you are listening to us today. And you need to understand that these principles are the things that if you apply them, they will be beneficial to you throughout all of life. And that's what you need to grasp. And Dave, I know as a young adult, uh, these are important principles to understand because like you said, as you go later in life, I've found that if I didn't set up those things early on, it would really lend myself to living in chaos, too much chaos. And it would be overwhelming. You would be extending yourself so much more. One of the things that we usually talk about here on the show is to not just margin, but something that Todd was talking about, how important that sleep and proper nutrition really is Mm -hmm. in our day-to-day lives. And Todd, you kind of brought up an interesting tension there because on the one hand, I'm with you. You know, I think sometimes we think in absolutes, like I absolutely need eight hours of sleep or nine hours of sleep, or maybe even the luxury is 10 hours of sleep. I don't even know if that's a luxury. That might even be borderline crazy. Uh, (laughs) But sleep is important. And Mm -hmm. yet, the the wrestling match with, well, how much sleep do I need? Uh, you talking about how you had to go to work so early in the morning, and that would mean you have to go to bed early at night. And then that means, you know, maybe time with the spouse is cut short. So life is a bunch of give and takes here. And I think that that can be kind of a hard tension to navigate. Well, I'm uh, not saying I did it perfect, but I mean, there were times where I realized, okay, you know, it is definitely important to sleep. I didn't mean to make it sound like I just, oh, I'm never sleeping again. Because, I mean, yeah, see how that works for you. But yeah. um, but there were times where I would just take a nap because I realized that the time that we were going to be able to have together um, would be in the evening. And so I realized that there is a need for it. And it's. I think it's different for everyone, um, the amount of sleep people need. But I know my limits that if I don't get enough sleep, I get sick. And so that's where that was important to me. But also realizing that there were times when I needed to spend um, with my wife before we were married. And I would just look for times to get that extra sleep. And she saw that. And it was... Um, just one of those things where, you know, I think that it's important, but anything can become too important. Any good thing can become too important. So there's a balance there. You're talking about uh, nutrition. It's important to eat, but I mean, our culture does that in excess too. So we need to figure out what's important for us and the limits or what's a necessity. Yeah. You said something interesting there, Ty. You said, if I don't get enough sleep, I get sick. Everybody does. I mean, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the way life is. You can't keep depriving yourself of sleep. You can't do that. What is interesting is how do you, how do you figure how much you actually need? Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you look at all the research, et cetera, everybody needs different amounts. Uh, women normally need a little bit more than men, and everybody needs different amounts. If you are depriving yourself of sleep, there is nothing in the research that says this will turn out well. I mean, nothing. So you really need to plan uh, and what keeps you from that normally is we live in an age of, of stimuli. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I've got an iPad. I can go to bed, throw my iPad up, and start reading that. You know, well, I could stay up hours looking at stuff, looking up stuff, researching stuff. I like doing that. And before you know it, it's like I'm not sleeping. I'm reading. Eventually, you get caught up. Here's how I understood it. Um, years ago, I saw a, a, I was reading an article on some research on sleep, and, and it said you need to figure out how much sleep you need. So practically, how do we do that? Yeah, Practically, here's how it's supposed to be done if you can do it. You actually spend time in life um, 
trying to get caught up. In other words, sleep as much as you want for a period of life to where you say, okay, I'm caught up, you know, in, in my sleep. And then on a day off where, where you don't have to get up, go to bed, don't set an alarm, see how long you sleep. Your body will just wake you up. Hmm. Now, if you're out of shape, in other words, you haven't worked out at all, you don't even walk, you don't do anything, you're going to need a lot more. It's just the way it is. So being in shape and eating right has something to do with the amount of sleep you need. The, the better in shape you are, actually, you don't necessarily sleep more. There's an amount that's perfect for you. And the medical research was saying, well, once you figure that out, for me, I've done that, it's seven hours. <laughs> so I need seven hours of sleep. If I get seven hours, I find I function extremely well. And I have some other factors in narcolepsy and et cetera. But it's seven hours that basically I need. And my wife needs nine. So that's different. Mm-hmm. And I make sure she gets nine. Because those are things that if you cheat on, you know, it's a margin thing there. If you cheat yeah. on that, yeah. you will get caught. Mm-hmm. Just like you cheat on, on not meeting with God, cheat on your sleep, cheat on your food. You are going to get caught. It won't end well. So don't cheat on things that you have no ability to really cheat on and come out okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practically that's that's very helpful too. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break here on the show in the second half of HopeNet Radio. We're going to continue our discussion on managing the chaos. Don't miss it. Join us for the second half of HopeNet Radio. It's coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by GroundWire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW with you tonight. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you miss any part of this conversation, make sure to snatch up the podcast later at HopeNet360.com. And you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. So if that's Tune in radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, it's all out there. Go to hopenet360.com slash podcast and find the links there. You said snatch up. Snatch Did it you up. Say snatch up. I said snatch up. Is there a snatch chat? No, I there's <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we should have a snatch chat. <laughs> Why? Let's create one. We could be billionaires. We've got a tweet back. We don't need a snatch chat. How about a snatch chat? We'd be billionaires, I'm sure, but there isn't one yet. Somebody comes up with these ideas. We could we could be bazillionaire snatch chat people but what is like snatching because snap <laughs> is like snapping a picture snatching is like taking you get to take take pictures no is you that like fast take food podcasts. pictures fast podcasts. food yeah, pictures? snatch snatch <laughs> say that fast <laughs> never mind snatch I, chat sorry chats. i deviate <laughs> Join us tonight on the tweet back. Like I said, we have a tweet back going on. Uh, or go to Snatch Chat. No, don't <laughs> listen to Dave on this. <laughs> it's the tweet back. It's on Twitter. Hashtag HNRTV. You got it? All right. Join us there. You can also send us an email. Get in on the craziness that is our chaotic show. You can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Share your thoughts. Be a part of this conversation with us. And we've been talking, oddly enough, about sleep, which is one thing we're not doing right now. Uh, but we've been talking about sleep, the value of it, and sleep does affect us. We've been talking about margin, setting up margin in our life, and kind of along with that, Dave, I think the mindset for some of us as we're talking about margin, talking about sleep, the idea of creating space yeah. in our schedule, in our lives, to some people, and me included, uh, I get to be kind of that workaholic mentality yeah. where I think any space in my day, any space in my time, any breaks that I take, 
is actually wasted time. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that, I think sometimes that's to our detriment and that's what actually brings us to a point of chaos and overload Absolutely. in our day and our schedule. And I don't know if you can talk or shed some light on that. Yeah. Is it is that a terrible mindset? Well, you know what? Obviously, people can take anything to an extreme. And if you tell people they need a, a margin and rest in their life, some people will lay on a couch for 20 hours a day. And, and that's not good. There's a balance in life. In order to really have margin in your life, you need to be exercising, eating right. You need to be sleeping right. Uh, Jeff, you're you're a parent of young children. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just use sleep for an example. Do you see that sleep uh, or lack of sleep affects your children? And if so, if they did not get enough sleep, how does it affect them? Well, usually they're whiny. They complain. You just can't satisfy their needs. You know, they don't even think rationally anymore. Okay. Now, you as an adult, when you don't get enough sleep, how do you respond? Usually whiny, complaining, <laughs> can't satisfy my needs, and completely irrational. Yeah. There you go. Now, you know, enough said. Likewise, if you get a child who sits around too much or a child that only eats donuts. You know what I mean? For us as parents, we have seen how this affects a life. I mean, we see it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I have parents who, you know, send their kids to camp that say, make sure my child doesn't get any red Kool-Aid, you know, and it's like... Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because they know what red Kool-Aid does to their children. So what they're doing is is saying, if you want to have some margin in your life where this kid isn't bouncing off the wall, you know, I mean, basically, you, you shouldn't do this. And we understand that, but we kind of lose that in our own life. I mean, we kind of forget that we need to do that. And we see the same things. I don't know how many people have said, I am so stressed out over and they list it. And I think, no kidding. Guy came to me once and uh, he had just he's a new homeowner. And he came and said, oh, man, you know, the property taxes came and I don't have anything saved up for it. And I just thought, no kidding. Mm. This was not a surprise. No. So you didn't put any away for it. No. (laughs) And it wasn't a surprise. No. Well, then you should be stressed because this is something that was very fixable, but not on the backside. And that's where some of the stuff comes that is just incredible stresses. We've realized, well, it's smart to talk to somebody if you're going to buy a house, you're getting in a new situation. Talk to somebody older who loves God, loves you. They can warn you about certain things that you need to be prepared for. And that's what we do in life. Whether it be sleep, whether it be putting money away, whether it be, you know, you cannot get to the point where 100% of your assets, emotional, physical, in every way is spent. Hmm. Because there will be something coming around the corner that you did not expect. And so you need to be prepared for that somehow, some way. The first two keys to navigating the chaos that we've talked about tonight are that we, number one, we live with margin, trying to find the margin in the chaos. Secondly, uh, it is looking at the chaos with a right mindset. I think that's so critical in managing the chaos is having the right mindset about it, setting up your day, looking at it. We talked about before going to bed that you look at your schedule, you look at your your tasks you have to do and put a time limit to them. So mentally preparing for the chaos is important. The third thing that I think is still important, something to keep in mind looking towards a week of chaos or a couple of days of chaos, whatever you're going through right now, is still do not settle for less than excellence. And the fourth thing kind of goes with that. We'll talk about this in a second. Settling for less than excellence, I think, is one of those things that tends to happen. We cut corners. We start taking shortcuts. You know, we let some things slide when they should have been taken into account and put into the project. And then it maybe creates, in the long run, when we do those things, it actually will take us more time. I think of the quote that it's better to do something right the first time 
than to have to go back and correct it later. Because oftentimes it takes more time, more money, more resources to make it right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's still important to do things right, even if it may take you a little bit longer now, maybe more time than you want to now. And you kind of have to figure it out yourself, and that's kind of a, a big thing. Excellence to me is still an important thing. You can't sacrifice excellence just for the sake of time. Yeah, my dad told me something like along those lines that has always stuck out to me. He said, Todd, don't ever talk yourself out of doing something right the first time. Right. And that's always stuck with me. And here's what I would, here's what I would suggest. Uh, you need to know the things that you would not compromise any excellence on. You know what I mean? There are things, there's too many things in life. So you need to know, for example, Todd, what are the most important things, the, uh, the things in your life that if they fell apart, life would be a disaster? What are they? Um, spending time in the Word and my marriage. There you for go. Sure. So if I'm going to make sure that two things are done excellently, what are the two things that are going to be done excellently? Those two things. Yeah, everything else can fade. Everything else. Uh, it, now, what gets in the way of those two things? Well, man, life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we start to sort out priorities, and that's where people start understanding priorities. Some of it is, believe it or not, you're talking about excellence there, and I was thinking, you know, I've been in so many young people's homes, and their homes are a mess. And you know what happens is if things are just piled everywhere, and they have to take full days to clean things up. Full days. And, and it gets discouraging. They can't find things. Do you know that my wife and I don't do that? We leave it clean. Mm-hmm. We don't have those full days because we don't need to. You know, it, it's easy. You get up in the morning, make the bed. When I, when I finish cooking, everything's cleaned right away and put away. Mm-hmm. I timed it once. I timed what it would take me to clean up after I cooked. Less than five minutes. Now, if I just leave stuff, it takes me a day. You know, I mean, yeah. you got stuff laying all over the place. You get this room a mess. You get the, and people are coming over, and now you got stress. You have no margin. Somebody comes to the door at our house, and Todd, you've done that. You've you've come to the house. Do you walk in, and the place is a wreck? Never. No, because it isn't a wreck. Because we expect people to drop by, and we want to respect them and not have it a wreck. Well, if you're stopping by, and it's a wreck, guess who's under stress? Oh, I got to move this. You got to sit here. I got to, you know, sorry for the wreck. And I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? (laughs) Scrambling. Yeah, I'm scrambling around. Now I'm a mess. So in order to have margin in my life, I clean as I go. And and therefore, there's no major cleaning. There are days where we spend, you know, more time cleaning because even when you do that, you still got to go in and redo the bathroom floors. I mean, I mean, I mean that kind of stuff. So you'll, you'll do the normal. But you plan on spending time to do those things as you go. Absolutely. And uh, emptying a dishwasher. You know, I mean, just that simple thing. Mm-hmm. I hate emptying a dishwasher. <laughs> you know, I think somebody else was created to do that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and and yet, you know what? It takes me less than like two minutes to do. Why don't I just do it and get it out of the way? Yep. Instead of leaving it there till later. And then when I want to put a dish in later, it's full. Now, guess, I got to put everything in the sink. Now the sink is piling up and we have guests coming over and there's a bunch of junk in the sink. You know, it's like, no, get the dishwasher emptied and put your stuff in there. (laughs) Uh, Those things actually create less stress and give you margin. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fourth thing which relates to this third key to managing the chaos and the difference between excellence and perfectionism. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. 
Welcome back. Connect with us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Jeff DW, Todd with you tonight on the show. Yes, Todd is back on the show. If you missed that earlier, he's it's so good to have him back on the show, and we enjoy the conversations that we get to have. When we have them, of course, I've seen you, Todd, hanging around camp and yeah. once in a while when I get to see you, but I haven't seen you as much as I used to. So it's just, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're on the show and I'm glad you're getting enough sleep now versus back then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great to be back. I, I've missed it. So we've been talking about this excellence thing, creating margin in our life and excellence can be kind of a tricky word for some people because if you're kind of like me, when I hear excellence, my mind automatically goes to perfect. Like it, everything has to be done perfectly. When do you get where something's been done perfectly? Uh, when it looks like it's brand new. I mean, that one of the ways anyway. You know, because I, I, I just struggle with that. I mean, it, to say do this perfectly, it's like, man, like let's say that you wanted me to, to vacuum. Mm-hmm. When is it done perfectly? Do I move everything? Do I get into cracks of every couch? Do I, I mean, when did I do enough to say now that's perfect? That that is a very relative answer. So my idea might be not matching up to you, but I would say if I'm vacuuming my carpeting, I would like to get, you know, <laughs> into the corners, you know, those areas that the big part of the vacuum can get to. So I take the hose out and you start sucking up dirt in the corners and next thing you know you're pulling up hardwood floor through your vacuum. So Yeah, okay. So so perfect is somewhat of a relative term. It is, yes. And, and that's what's I think confusing to people because they'll say you need to do this perfectly, but we know that that's not going to happen necessarily, but that doesn't mean you don't put your whole heart into it. And and there's this thing called frustrated perfectionist. It, mm-hmm. it, it, maybe you should explain that. Are, are you ever a frustrated perfectionist, Jeff? And what does that mean? Oh, absolutely. Again, you're going to laugh when you hear this stuff because the way that the mind works when you're struggling with perfectionism seems completely futile, I think. But here it is. Anyway, so doing graphics work, for example... You're trying to get edges to line up. You're trying to get things to line up almost to a a level of OCD. And I say that not in a a way of disrespect or condescendingly, but you just get focused on the little things, the non-essentials, if you will. Um, You know, say, for example, you're washing a window and you notice that there's, you know, a glob of whatever. I have kids, so your kids are always putting their hands on glass, whatever. So you have to clean it all the time or it just looks like, you know, something splattered on your window and and you're looking through like this window of fog all the time. So you're trying to wipe it down and all of a sudden you get done with it and you realize, oh, I left a fingerprint, you know, right in the middle. Oh, wash that again. And next thing you know, there's another fingerprint. And it's like you, you're constantly focusing on... Three well, hours are the later. Non-essentials. Yeah, the, the three hours later it takes you to do these tasks when you, it should have taken you 20 minutes. Right. And it's right. just focusing, again, on the little, little things. And I'm not saying little things are always bad or a negative, but sometimes in the scope of a bigger project, you can do things with excellence and they not be exactly perfect like you yeah. would like them to be. And that's the hard thing yeah. because... As a frustrated perfectionist, you want everything to be exactly and neat. And again, kind of that OCD, like, you know, like yeah. you, you get a panic attack from it. Yeah. And here's, here's the other sign for our listeners. If you're a frustrated perfectionist, a lot of times there's a lot of things in your life that are completely out of order and you just let them be. And it frustrates you to death. But you know, since you cannot do it 100%, you don't do it at all. And so, you know, you, you might walk into the house of a frustrated perfectionist and their you know their kitchen tables is piled with things and their counters are piled with things and you're thinking this is a perfectionist yeah well they don't think that they can clean 
perfectly, so they just don't do it at all. And and that's extremely frustrating to them down the road. Yep. Um, and that's something you have to learn about yourself. So that contradiction, kind of like being a frustrated perfectionist, if you see it, realize that the thing you have to work on is not necessarily going out and just cleaning, and get, but it's the idea of I can do things and move them on my list as far as how important they are. And this is something that, you know, for me is on a personal level, something that I've noticed even in my kids that I am a frustrated perfectionist to some degree. But yet I have an ounce of compassion or a couple of spoonfuls of compassion. So I'm willing to let some things go and let other things not go, which is a a completely weird thing because we think in terms of absolutes in our mind, like I'm absolutely perfect on this. I must be absolutely perfect in every other area. And I've noticed this in my oldest child's life where I've, you know, I've said some things probably that have come across as a need to be in this order. And now guess what he's doing? He is he he freaks out about little things. There's a crumb. There's a toy in his room that should be in the playroom. So before he goes to bed, he says, "Can you put this away?" And I'm like, "Sure." You know, so there are just little things. The blinds are up. He came out crying because the blinds were up in his room. And guess what I've done now? I've trained my child to live with perfectionism. Right. Right. And you know what? Again, perfectionism actually if you have that tendency in life is a gift, it isn't a curse. Hmm. But anything taken to an extreme becomes a curse. Yeah, you, you know you can you can take any gift, anything, and and if you can only do a job if it's done one hundred percent, then don't do grass, don't you know, don't vacuum your car out because th- there are things that'll just take you forever that don't matter that much. And what you'll be doing is Satan will use your strength actually to keep you from what's important. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Todd said earlier, there's two things important. His relationship with God, his relationship with his family right now. That's what's important. Okay, then don't let the things that aren't on that list stop you from doing those two things well. You know, And that's what you, you have to realize. When you do that, you all of a sudden build in margin in your life because you realize, you know what, I'm going to cut the lawn, but I'm giving it a half hour. So I'm going to have to run over it. You know, it's going to, it's going to look like this when I'm done. It's going to be acceptable, but it's not going to be, you know, Lawn Beautiful Magazine isn't going to come out here and take a picture of it and put it in their, their catalog. So we understand that. You know, my car, I'm not going to go out there and wax it, you know, every week. There are people that do that and I'm not going to do that. You know, why? Because, you know, I've got the other two priorities that I got to make sure are taken care of. And, and what, happens eventually is you begin to see how that starts to build margin because the real important things in life are taken care of first. Mm-hmm. And and then the other things are just things. And all your life now you're sorting out lists in that way. I actually just have um, two lists in my life, things that I would be willing to die for and things I'd be willing to live for. You know, And, 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 I, and I keep those lists actually in my head. I, I used to write them down. And, and the things that I'd be willing to live for is a lot longer than the things I'd be willing to die for. Hmm. But I really ask God, help me live for the things I'm willing to die for. And if I'm willing to die for a Maserati, then I'm, I'm a nutcase. So <laughs> that that's not going to work either. But, you know, the three things for me are basically my relationship with God and my fa- my family is second. And my um, that what God's called me to here at Silver Birch Ranch is third. And, and those are the things that I think I need to get done. Everything else is on the other list mm-hmm. where, okay, as I get it done, I get it done and I'll do the best I can. But I, I, I need to make sure those three things are accomplished and I'll be fine. And that's an interesting thing you said there too, because sometimes that can be difficult if the tasks that are on your list are associated with someone who is in authority over you. Right. And Todd, we were kind of talking about this before going in the show. I'm not sure if you're comfortable sharing 
exactly the situation, but you've had a time in your life where you felt like there was one list of expectations and you kind of were in a, in a tough spot because on the other hand, you're like, well, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. And I think that there's, it's been healthy for me to um, work through just saying, okay, this is what I think God has been calling me to do. And is it right for me to just say, sure, I'll do whatever needs to be done when really God's calling me to do something else? Because that's my personality is I see a need and think, oh, I can do that. I can help with that. But it's just been good setting up in my life, realizing that, okay, whatever it is God has called me to do, that's what I need to make the priority and spend the effort on. That principle in itself is called being assertive. And it's it's saying what you expect and it's laying out in a way that it allows for some flexibility, but in a way it's still saying, okay, this these are my expectations mm-hmm. and being able to have open and honest conversations. And that takes vulnerability on both sides. So if you have someone in authority over you and they're saying, look, I need you to accomplish this list this week. I need you to get these things done. I know you've been doing this. I know whatever, but you need to get this done. And you're looking and saying, well, that's a great list. You know, I don't want to be insubordinate to you here, but can we talk about this? Can we actually maybe figure out a balance here? And right. and that's an important thing too, is learning how to be assertive because as a young person, as someone who you might be going into a crazy chaotic week because your boss is expecting this list of things to get done. And you're thinking, I, I you know, I'm only a 20 something here. I want to be assertive and tell them, you know, to go and, and start stacking bricks. But at the same time, like I really... I need to honor his authority. That's a difficult thing in life, too. That's not always clear cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been in that spot before? Join us on the tweet back. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. Or you can be a little bit more anonymous. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're chatting about margin, creating margin in your life in the midst of chaos. Jeff, DW, your host, and I wrap things up. Todd's been back with us. It's been a fun conversation together. And uh, Todd, I always look forward to seeing you. I'm so glad you could join us tonight here for the show and to give just some of your thoughts on really what it what life is like from a realist perspective, you know, going through the, the times that you've been you're in a different season of life and I'm there, Dave's there, we all have different perspectives and, and where God has been working on our hearts and our lives. And as we've been talking, Todd, I'd love to just give you some time just to talk about what it's like living life with margin and how you do that as a young adult today. That can be kind of a challenge. Yeah, I, um, I'm learning more about it every day. I'm definitely not an authority on the subject, but I, I've been seeing more and more how people that accomplish great things for the Lord, or not for the Lord because God doesn't need us, but, you know, allow God to do great things through them, um, are people that are deliberate about setting up these margins. They're deliberate about saying, all right, I need to spend time with the Lord. And this is something that I'm learning how to do because, like we talked about, it's a new season of life. I've been married just this last year, and, you know, I've never been there before. I've never been in this season of life before, so learning through it how to say, all right, I need to set these margins that if I'm going to be a good husband, if I'm going to um, lead well, I need to follow God well. And in order to do that, I need to set up this time where I'm going to be deliberate about boom, 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 you know, spending time in the Word, spending time with my wife, and be deliberate about 
those things because things don't accidentally happen. You know, accomplishments don't accidentally happen. It's because, you know, I decided this is something that means a lot to me and something that I need to be deliberate about. And, you know, it's like working out. People don't accidentally get in shape. You know, they don't wake up one morning and just say like, wow, look at me. I'm in shape today. No, they got up one morning and said, you know, in order to do this, I need to put effort behind it and make certain things a priority. So I've been learning a lot about that. A lot of times in life, and especially as a young person, I found this in my life, Todd, maybe you can relate to it as well, but the winds of life, the winds and the waves that come into life sometimes can seem like they're never ending. And I'm going to say something that might, I hope it causes you to think. I hope you don't take it the wrong way. A lot of times we allow the chaos to happen in our life. We decide what chaos can actually be present in our life. A lot of times it comes through our thought process. We talked about the way you think, the way you approach chaos is so critical. The way you set yourself up for a busy week is super critical. You know, making sure that you're sleeping, you stay hydrated, you, you, you keep nutrients in your system. So it's important again, how we manage the chaos and we get to decide that. Dave, do you agree? Do you disagree with that? Yeah, you know, lack of planning, Gordon McDonald once said, lack of planning always goes to your weakness. A guy comes home from work or you come home from school, you don't have anything planned for the evening, you play video games or watch television, the evening's gone, you forgot to do everything important. And, and that's because you didn't plan anything. One of the things that we talked about the whole program was making sure you understand what list things are on. There are some things that you must do in order to have margin. You And we can talk about finances and emotional margin in shows to come, I think, but uh, Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, again, I saw under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise, nor the riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happens to them all. For man does not know his time, like a fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared in an evil time when suddenly falls upon them. What's very interesting here is the, the author of Ecclesiastes is simply saying this, you know, we can spend our time trying to be the swift and the strong and the wise and the intelligent and the knowledgeable and, and ignore the fact that God is in charge of the time and the chance. And really, that's what it's about. I can't tell you how much margin you're going to need in your life because I can't tell you what the future holds. I don't know what that is. But you know who knows what the future holds? God. So he knows what to do. And I know this, that it would be far better for me to spend time with God, sorting things out, spend time with those I love so that I have no regrets in life because regrets cause tremendous amount of stress. In our life, to begin to identify things that are important, very important, critical, you know, put them on lists and make sure we understand, here's the things I want to be intentional about. I want to be intentional about loving my wife. I want to be intentional about loving God. I want to be intentional about loving people. I want to be intentional about the, the ministry God's called me to at Silver Birch Ranch and Nick Bay Bible Institute. I want to be intentional about those things. Now, the rest of life, I'm going to need to be intentional too, but in that sense of actually assigning them a value. You know, it's only this important. And so grass is going to get a half hour. You know, uh, going logging is going to get a half hour. I love going berry picking, so I give myself, I actually control the container when I go berry picking, otherwise I'm going to pick too many, I'm going to stay out there too late. So that's how I control it. So I think in all of those things are not bad, but you need to control it. 
And and when you do that, you begin to develop margin. And uh, I know we haven't talked much about finances or emotional and that kind of stuff, but we can do that and maybe in programs to come. You know, the last key, the last key of managing the chaos when things look completely crazy and you're not sure where to begin, the last thing is kind of one of those first things, resolve conflicts with God. And what I mean by that is always end your day with a positive outlook and to make amends where they need to be made with God, start there and then move to with others. So maybe you've been short with your family. Maybe maybe you've been short with your kids, people that you know. Go in and make amends with that. Ask forgiveness. That's one of the, the best ways to close out your day. And it, again, it's one of those things that will set you up better tomorrow. We talk about making lists for tomorrow. That's a good thing. But if you don't make amends for what happened today, things that you did that you know were not right, they were not good, and they're going to stick with you until you resolve them, do it right away. Do those things right away. I can't encourage yeah. you with that enough because I think sometimes what ends up happening is the enemy builds on those things, the failures of the day, and he'll get you to believe the lies oh, that you messed up here. And then all of a sudden they build and they build and they build and they build. And finally you feel like a complete failure that you just shut down and you get not only exhausted, but you unplug emotionally, you unplug from relationships and you unplug from people around you, your environment around you. That's not a good thing, and I just want to encourage you with that. Resolve those conflicts with God and with others to the best of your ability by the end of the day and be done with them. Yeah, We talked about that a little bit on the idea of, you know what, you can clean as you go in your house or you can just pile it up and clean it all one day. And and when you pile it up and clean it all one day, it's a lot more stressful because you got to live in a mess. And I think people in their lives and their relationships are living in relational messes that they could have cleaned up right away. And, and they just wait and say, well, one day I'll fix this. Well, fix it today. Yep. And that, that way you have some margin in your life because down the road, who knows what situation you're going to be in. You may not be able to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And or on your, and now you've created extra stress that isn't good. So. Yeah, and that to me, it's, it's so important that we do that right because, again, the enemy will try to build on your failures of your life. And it, it might even be years since you've gone through a situation, but it might feel like it was just yesterday because it's still unresolved. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know the mistakes that you made in your past, but God does. Nothing escapes his view, right? So all we have to do then with that, we can actually find forgiveness for those things that we have done against God or against somebody else. We can still make amends. There are going to be times when we can't resolve some things that are just going to be, but at least we can know that we can have peace with God, the creator of the universe. And if you want to learn more about that, I encourage you to go and chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com. They would love to talk with you and just encourage you with that. Maybe give you some insights and what you can maybe do some different ways to approach a situation. They could talk to you right now at hopenet360.com. That's to me, this is one of those episodes where it challenges my thinking. I hope it gives you something to talk about this week. I hope as you're talking with other people and you're talking about the things that we've discussed on the show, maybe you just ask those questions. How do you create margin in your life? How do I create margin in my life? What steps do I need to take? What things do I need to learn how to say no to versus to always say yes to and be a yes man and try to be a people pleaser? I think there's so much more we could talk about on the show. We hope you go and download the podcast. Visit hopenet360.com tonight. Check out the show notes. Check out the podcast. And make sure that if you need to, you can chat with the live coach. They're all there. And we would love to connect with you that way. We'll also be on Twitter for a little bit longer. You can use the hashtag HNRTV. It's the Hopenet Radio tweet back. We love hearing from you guys. Love your stories. Love your comments. And sometimes some good correction is needed on the show. We always invite you guys to leave your thoughts with us. You can email us at, hope, at hopenet360.com. 
Um, so for all of us, Todd, Dave, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. See ya.